0: Is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well,
1: hello, everyone. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview. I'm very excited about my guest. His name is Rob Greenley. Let me introduce him to you right now. Rob Greenley, head of partnerships. At Voxnet and Spreaker is a former EVP CTO at Podcast1.com and former content and business manager, podcast TV at Microsoft's Xbox Live and Zoom. I'm going to have to ask what that is. He currently hosts the Spreaker Live show, and I did listen to a couple of those shows. Pretty uh, informative as well as entertaining. That goes on at Wednesday on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and he co-hosts newmediashow.com forward slash live saturdays at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern time he is also former lead host of web talk world radio show you cannot say that fast <laughs> recognized as the first nationally syndicated radio show in the world to begin podcasting september 15 2004 rob that has to be one of the most tongue-tied bios <laughs> with all the companies and names in there how you doing today
2: Good, good. It's great to be here, James. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite a quite a journey over the years um, working in the podcasting and kind of kind of radio business. And my my on my resume or my my bio is getting a little long because I've been in it for a long time. It's been it's been like seventeen years since I started my online radio show, and then um, fourteen years in podcasting. So you can imagine, there can be lots of changes over those years. <laughs> so seventeen years ago,
1: what were you doing? That caused you to start an online radio show.
2: Well, actually, I started on a on a broadcast radio station. Oh, okay, is what I did, and I just took that show and made an MP3 file and made it available online. That's part of my website back in 1999. So I was doing it very early, um, making um, audio available online. So, and then over time, just evolved it and developed it, uh, built a syndication strategy to to, um, online and offline. So I was on as many as 15 broadcast stations on the XM satellite radio network for a couple of years with the show. And then, uh, was really focused on building the online distribution part, you know, working with live streaming platforms and also just making my show available off of any downloadable, uh, platform that was out there too, that were precursors to podcasting. So back in the early days, there, there were ways that you could, do something very similar to podcasting, um, back before podcasting officially started. So I was involved in, in all those platforms, making my show available. Um, so, you know, I've got a long, long history in the medium, uh, and podcasting is just kind of the, the latest chapter in 99 or the 2000 timeframe. Did anybody
1: know what an MP3 was or it was my, yeah, I mean,
2: but back, Back in those days, uh, there was a service called Napster and that, that was very focused on right. uh, kind of pirate distribution of music. And so that was a big thing back then. People were sharing uh, music files on Napster and up, upsetting a lot of people in the music business at the time. Um, but, but the whole sharing of MP3s uh, really started in the, in the late 90s and, and people starting to do that with uh, radio shows too. It, it was kind of a new thing. Um, but it was something that was growing and developing and, and people were downloading MP3s off of my website and playing them later They they weren't terrific quality or anything like that because people's bandwidth was pretty limited because most people were connecting via modem connections back then the 56 Ks or the 28, eight modems. So content was flowing rather slowly back then, James.
1: <laughs> every third word had the little spinning thing come yeah, up exactly
2: exactly. oh my gosh no, but, but people were starting to to consume content that way more and more so and th- that's why streaming platforms were really popular back then because it would basically drip the content to the listener versus what we have right now is like a fire hose right <laughs> exactly so when did you get into um i mean quote-unquote
1: podcasting? i mean it seems you were you were I don't know revolutionary or certainly a pioneer in that effort of streaming online for free. I remember that whole Napster thing that blew up Wasn't there like a giant lawsuit and aren't they gone today?
2: Exactly. They got, they got shut down and in a lot of trouble because they were, they were distributing copyrighted content uh, online and that wasn't a cool thing to do uh, back then. And to some degree it still isn't, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a very, um, very, Interesting time uh, with the the evolution, of the development of the World Wide Web and the Internet, and how people were consuming content. So it was very early in that game, and was really just pushing the envelope on it myself from a marketing perspective. I'm really a marketing guy, uh, and was just uh, created a show talking about the World Wide Web and the Internet. So it was really meta, and it's very similar to what I do today because I do most of the podcasting I do today is talking about podcasting. <laughs> so so it's very similar to what I was doing in the early days where I I was using the digital medium of the internet and in the web to talk about the internet and the web. So anyway, it's, yeah. Do you do a lot of speaking Rob at different events or, or. Yeah, I do actually. I I'm on panels all over the country. Uh, Actually I'm doing a session at the Gen Summit in uh, Lisbon, Portugal coming up here next month uh, talking to a big group of journalists. So talking about how they can use podcasting, to spread the word of, um, of what they're doing, uh, around journalism. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunities out there. A lot of people want to learn how to use this medium, even though it's almost, you know, it's 14 plus years old now. It's not, it's not really something that's new. It's just something that, uh, has taken many, many years for people to integrate it into their content creation, uh, kind of processes and, big companies and small companies are getting into podcasting and because it's, it's kind of the, the cool thing to do now. And, but it's been around for a long time. So
1: in 2004, was that like the first, I mean, is that when they came up with the term podcast? I don't even know who did. Yeah,
2: correct. That's Yeah. I was actually created by, by a combination of people that created kind of the podcasting medium at the time, Dave Weiner, who was the inventor of, of RSS. Uh, and a and technologist, and Mr. Adam Curry, who's a former MTV DJ. He actually was the one that created the first what is called Podcatcher software, yeah. uh, that, that enabled episodes to be uh, transferred into out of an RSS feed or an enclosure tag in an RSS feed, which Dave invented. And then, and then a fellow by name of uh, Ben Hammersley wrote an article for the Guardian talking about uh, audio online. And my show was actually mentioned in the article as well back in those days, and uh, because I was making my my show available as an MP three file, and he started to come up with these new terms to describe um, audio online, and you know like uh, like audio blogging or uh, podcasting. He started listing off these potential names in this article that he wrote for the Guardian, and he's now credited with you know because one of those words that he put in his article was podcasting. Um, because back then people were listening to a lot of, uh, audio content on iPods. Uh, so that was kind of a big way that people consume music back in those days and, and spoken word audio started to come on the scene and it was a revolution of sorts. Um, on the front page of Wired magazine was a picture of a, of a bullet going through a radio and uh, talking about in a whole article on podcasting. So it kind of gives you a little bit of a perspective on, where that medium has come over the years, and and back in those days, people didn't run any advertising in podcasting. It was a very much of a, of a uh, rebel, um, stick it to the man medium, is what it was. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of content being created, and you know, if you were running advertising in your podcast at that time, you were like, you know, not doing the cool thing. You know, it was not cool to run advertising in podcasts, but. Things have changed after 14 years. Now it's pretty cool to run advertising in your podcast.
1: Yeah, it was probably very much a grassroots, um, kind of like I, I remember, I think it's probably pretty true. Remember those people that used to broadcast on some barge somewhere right off the coast?
2: Pirate <laughs> you know, radio, right? It's yeah, that, right. That whole same kind of concept, right? And I think that's still happening to some degree even today. You know, I think there's people that are broadcasting into countries that have limited media uh, exposure. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the backbone of what podcasting was at the very beginning was something that was trying to stick it to the man that was controlling the message and we were going to break through. And that's what Adam Curry kept doing, you know, uh, on the podcast that he had uh, back in those days was uh, trying to make this a rebel medium, you know, to get people excited about it. Yeah.
1: You know, um, I started my podcast in 2012, and back then I thought, man, I'm really late to the party. But when I think of today, <laughs> the volume today, even compared to 2012, it was still, I guess, fairly early on anyway. But yeah. today, do you have any idea, uh, Rob, how many podcasts are started each week or month or are there any stats? Yeah, like
2: it's about uh, – it- <sighs> This past January, the the number that I heard from Apple that it was close to six thousand new shows came into the to the market just in the month of January. Wow! Um, and then, but on, on average, it's between fifteen hundred and two thousand new shows every month uh, is what comes into the podcasting space. And we're we're well over five hundred uh, thousand podcasts now that have ever been created on a global basis, um, of which probably a little less than half are currently being kept up to date with new episodes right. on a, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis so it's about 200 and i think the last number heard was like 225,000 are active shows out there today and I don't know, when when i say active i mean it would be like just an active series um that's being produced and being kept up to date so who is who is starting them for the most part
1: entrepreneurs or i mean is that I mean, it's a great marketing tool. Is that, is that? Do you have any idea about that?
2: It's it's the whole spectrum, you know, from just a person that wants to talk about a passion topic and pulling out their, their laptop and getting a USB microphone and recording some audio, all the way up to the biggest media companies in the world, producing, you know, like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or uh, these big media companies that are in, even NBC Universal is... Uh, I think they're coming out with like a hundred podcasts. So, I mean, it goes the full spectrum and that's, what's really interesting about the podcasting space is that it's, it's basically leveled to some degree anyway, and this is where it came from. It kind of leveled the playing field for people producing content into a medium. Uh, now, granted it, it does tend to skew, you know, like the public radio side does tend to skew, towards shows that are on the radio as well, which have a little bit of an unfair advantage compared to somebody that has a laptop in their bedroom and they're producing a show. It's a little bit more challenging to build audience uh, if you don't already have audience. Uh, So there are different layers of success that are going on in the medium. But fundamentally, it's the same thing. So anybody can start a podcast, just like you or me or uh, your neighbor down the street. They They can pull up a microphone and start talking and distributing it on a platform like Spreaker or um, Lipson or a whole bunch of other podcast hosting platforms that are out there and you can be on the same playing field with the biggest media companies in the world.
1: What do you think the future and, you know, future in an industry like this is probably what's going to happen in one to three years, not... Back when I went to school, they used to say one, five, and ten-year plans. (laughs) Forget ten years. Who even knows what's going to happen? But what do you think is going to happen in the next few years? Is it just going to continue to explode? Is it going a certain direction, more live shows? Or what do you think?
0: Well, I think
2: that you have to – kind of look at it from a higher level view to get started with and and where we've come from and where we're going today. I think uh, looking at what the history of the podcasting medium is, is that it's been growing steadily every year, like two to 4% in in audience growth. So it's not a hockey stick growth situation. It it, it may seem like it at times, but if you look at the history of it year over year, we're growing a little faster over the last year than we did the prior year. So we're like it maybe 4% growth versus last year was 3%. So we're not seeing hockey stick growth. And one of the reasons for that is, is because it's a, it's a medium that's driven primarily based on word of mouth sharing. Um, now, granted these big media companies, and now there's a TV show called Alex Inc. That's a TV show about podcasting. So it's, it's being socialized on a larger scale of what this medium is all about and who's behind it and what kind of contents there, but it's still a medium that's growing at a steady, but slow rate. I mean, as you think about it, you know, radio has a huge kind of listener base. It's still the dominant medium for audio today. Um, And what we're doing is we're transitioning people um, that are radio listeners over to on demand listeners. And that's what podcasting is really all about is that it delivers content on your schedule you don't have to tune in at a certain time and listen, and it also is very niche content too. So you can listen to a specific topic that you have an interest in or you have a passion about, and you can connect at a personal level with that show. You can give them feedback. You can um, you can have a like more of a friendship relationship with the host because typical podcasts are very friendly uh, programs. Typically, uh, they they don't have a lot of advertising in them. So you have this kind of this medium that's very conducive to curving away radios market share, right? But it's taking a long time. So, so, but it's, it's happening slowly and, um, and it's just going to keep growing at a steady rate. There's going to be more content, more listeners come into it. It's kind of a generational shift that's happening right now. Radios, there's going to be some point 10 years from now when the, the same amount of people are listening to podcasts on demand as they're listening to radio, and then we're going to cross over, and radio's going to start to kind of fade a little bit.
1: You mentioned advertising, Rob. What do you think's going on there? I mean, a lot of I do know entrepreneurs who want to start a podcast and um, you know really drive up the numbers or downloads, you know, you, and then so I can get some advertisers. That seems to me a pretty big hill to climb for most people.
2: Yeah, building a, a podcast that has scale to to get in the advertising business is, uh, is a challenge. And, and I think you have to go into it with that goal in mind. And you have to think about how you position your show uh, to, to reach scale. Because most podcasts, quite honestly, don't scale to large audiences because they're either very niche content, which means that they're very focused on a particular type of topic um, that only appeals to a fairly limited audience. And you're your ability to be able to reach that potential audience is also uh, limited based on the the awareness of your brand and the awareness of the show and your ability to drive awareness to it. So, so oftentimes these shows grow very organically. And but it's it's certainly a you know a medium that has a lot of uh, power in the market as you look in the future. And that's that's what I'm excited about.
1: Do you um, consult or do you advise people on, on that area, like advertising and revenue? Or
2: Yeah, I mean, Spreaker, VoxNest, we're, we're, we're all in on the kind of monetization strategies around advertising and in, in podcasts. Um, so we're, we're, we're developing technologies to do what's called dynamic ad insertion too. So you could basically replace ads in your content across all your archives and in your current episodes. Uh, so we are all about trying to, make monetization an important part of, um, of the content creation experience. Cause a lot of people want to, you know, quit their day jobs or they, they want to just do podcasting full time. And, you know, now more than ever, that's, that's becoming more and more possible. Um, but it's, it's also a much more competitive landscape too. There's a lot of shows, um, there's some concern of scaling audience, um, to podcasting. And, and I think that the industry itself needs to really focus in on that is how do we keep growing the audience side of podcasting as the content side grows, we have to be able to supply those shows with listeners. That's the, that's the bigger goal.
1: Right. And I know I'm, I'm assuming you'll agree with me, but correct me if I'm wrong. The vast majority are are pre-recorded produced shows, but is, is live podcasting, is that becoming a trend as well?
2: Well, it's always been there. I mean, you think uh, back to the history of broadcast radio. Broadcast radio is primarily a, a live medium. So I think that there are a lot of people out there that like live. And I know a lot of content producers like to produce live content. I know I'm one of them. Both of the shows that I produce every every week are live shows. They're also podcasts, but they're but they're live um, audio shows. And 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 one of the shows that I do is live on the video side. It's in Facebook and YouTube and and but it's also a um, audio and video podcast as well. So I I think you can be all these things um, at, at at once. And I think um, it's 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 the power of the digital side you know to because some people like to watch some people like to read and some people like to listen so you, you kind of have to be everywhere
1: what, what's involved in producing a live broadcast i mean how is you, what medium would you use
2: well live is something that um uh, the platform that i work on Spreaker, supports um we we combine live capability uh, with the on-demand piece. So you do a live show that gets saved up in the cloud and then it gets dropped into your RSS feed and is made available on an on-demand basis after you're completed um, producing it. So um, so that live component is definitely um, has a share of the, of the market. It's not the vast majority of the consumption that happens around uh, podcasting um, today because most people like to listen on their schedules. Um, but it does create a unique opportunity to produce a different kind of content, one that's more connected with its audience and gets audience feedback and, and, and is engaged on an interactive relationship with its audience. Though it's, it's going to be a small subset of your audience that engages with you in your live program. That was always the case with the broadcast radio side too. If you think about it, I mean, how many callers would a, a broadcast radio show have call into the program. They maybe have a dozen during an hour, hour show at the most. Um, So it's kind of that same model with, with uh, podcasting too. If you do a live show, you're going to have a a fraction of your audience. That's actually listening live, but those audience members can have a contribution to the um, content production too.
1: I got time for one more question, Rob. What about format? Is it uh, weekly, monthly? Of course, you know John Lee Dumas did his daily thing. Is it thirty minutes, sixty minutes? Are there any changing trends there?
2: I don't think so. I think uh, I think the, the rule of thumb that I like to put out there to some degree is is um, you're basically creating an appointment in your listener's schedules, and if you're producing on a regular basis. Then it's more likely that you will keep that appointment with those listeners to come back and listen to you on a regular basis, whether it's live or on demand. I think publishing a episode once a week is probably the the sweet spot, um, and and put pushing it out to your feed at the same time every week or doing your show live every week at the same time, I think has a certain amount of uh, of power because you're you're getting in your audience and you're ingraining in that audience that that content will be available at this time and they can look for it every week. They can count on it. And I think that's, that's an important component that podcasting can, can bring to the, the table. Um, and, and live is a big part of that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of, of and, and I think, um, um, but it isn't going to drive the largest numbers of listeners. Because it's really the
1: convenience. I want to listen to it whenever yes. I want to listen to it. Correct. Wow. Man, you sure know your stuff. You are you are clearly a veteran of the podcast space. That's pretty interesting. How can people learn more about you, Rob?
2: Well, I do two podcasts uh like i was talking about earlier i do one called the spreaker live show at com, and that one is is all about podcasting too so you know listening to my content it's all meta about podcasting and then the other show that i do is called the the new media show at com, and that's a live video and audio show that um talks about the podcasting industry and what's happening in the industry so those are great places to see what i'm up to and then I also have a website at robgreenly.com, and I can be reached by email rob at voxnest.com, which is the parent company for the company that I work for. Very good. Rob, thanks so much. It's been a real
1: pleasure talking with you today.
2: James, it's been great to be on your program, and good, good luck with your show.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. We're, we're plugging away here, <laughs> not, not setting any world records, but I've, I've built a pretty loyal audience, which I think is really the, the main key of doing it. But, yeah, uh,
2: that's awesome. No, that's yeah. great.
1: Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Rob Greenlee. Be sure to connect with me on my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. That is Build Your Dream Business Now. The handy link to get there is DreamBizGroup, dreambizgroup.com. Until this week, next time, until this same time next week, another great episode of Dream Business Radio. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care.